on Unscaled each and every Saturday at 2 p.m. right here on KSHP AM 1400 and the all-new 107.1 FM North Las Vegas. With each show, I'm going to be your guide to the latest travel and entertainment news in Las Vegas, across the country, and around the world. Discover new destinations, forgotten favorites, and exciting travel stories by joining me, the Full Metal Traveler, each Saturday at 2 p.m. on Unscaled Most right here. Earth experiencing the effects of climate change this summer. That's according to Marshall Shepard, the Director of Atmospheric Sciences for the University of Georgia. He tells the Augusta Chronicle that at least 81% of the world's population was exposed to at least one day of heat made at least three times more intense because of climate change. Shepard says this puts more people at risk for heat-related illnesses or even death, as many populations aren't equipped to deal with such high temperatures. This is USA News. Hey there, this is Brant along with Sherry. Hi. And maybe you've heard about MediShare. Maybe you heard me talking about it. Well, Sherry helps produce these spots about MediShare. So people ask us, does this actually work? Is this really a great option for my health care? And honestly, the answer is yes. Yes, yes, for it real, is. For real, yes. And you know what? It's funny, too, because a lot of people are fed up with their current arrangement or they're looking to save money, but they're hesitant, right? I'm like, MediShare has been doing this. For 30 right. years, I think you can trust that, you right? You can. MediShare really is the gold standard for this healthcare sharing thing, too. And I, I've done it. You've done it. And people are really happy after they make the switch. I keep talking about the member satisfaction rate. It's real. It's like double yeah. that of health insurance. I have loved it. They're professional and they care. That in and of itself is refreshing. We could change your name to MediShare. That's cool. uh, yeah, that's interesting. Cool marketing thing. Sure. It's not going to happen. Uh, you can save a ton and be really happy with it. They're great to talk to. Call them now. They really are. Just call this number 833-34 Bible. That's 833-34 Bible. 833-34 Bible. At AR Heating and Air Conditioning, our main goal is to provide high quality service without breaking the bank. From maintaining your HVAC units to fixing them when they are down, they are there for you. AR Heating and Air Conditioning offer reasonable prices, reliability, and professional service at a great value. For more information, go to fixmyac.net or call 702-646-4000. Beat the heat and call AR Heating and Air Conditioning today. Hi, Doug Basham here. Join me Monday through Friday from 11 a.m. to 12 noon right here on KSHP AM 1400, 107.1 FM, and on major social media sites. As always, I'll tell you what your conservative, corporate-controlled, right-wing propaganda-hate media isn't. You're welcome. That's Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. to 12 noon right here on KSHP. Be there. is back in style. Welcome to the evolution. Turns out there is a chance that trying to violently overthrow our democracy might be illegal. 
To paraphrase an idiot and his bloodthirsty mob, lock him up. I'm back, bitches! What if you knew Fox News was just lying to you? How could you watch when you know? was voted Variety Entertainer of the Year in the Excellence in the Arts Awards and is one of the highest arbitrage now Nielsen-rated talk radio hosts in Las Vegas. He is also a refreshing voice of logic and reason. Live from the entertainment capital of the world, Doug Basham. I know words, I have the best words. I love the poorly educated. Right under the toilet. And good morning, my fellow wokes and Republican jokes. Thanks for joining me today. My name is Doug Basham, and welcome to the Doug Basham Show right here on KSHP in Las Vegas and on social media, and to a genuine demonstration of excellence in broadcasting. The website is DougBasham.com, last name spelled B as in brainless, a-S-H-A-M as in mindless, mega, DougBasham.com. My email, Doug at DougBasham.com. Now, what my website will do is provide you with links to everything associated with this show, in particular, links to all my social media sites, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, Twitch, and TikTok, on four of which we both broadcast this show live and archive the shows. Two things I'd like you to do. On my website, first click on the YouTube link. Once there, click on the link that says live, whereupon you can either watch the show live or view the archive show. But most importantly, do us a favor and click on the subscribe link. Second, also on my website, click on the TikTok page, do us another favor, and click on the follow link. Now, I understand that's two favors I'm asking. However, they are relatively small compared to what the orange-tufted imbecile requested and why, which led to his much-deserved first impeachment. There's just one thing that you need to know. Trump said, do us a favor, though. There's just one thing that you need to know. Trump said, do us a favor, 221-7283 is our call-in number here at the station, folks. If you'd like to talk on the radio later, as in our next half hour, that's 702-221-SAVE. As in, save our democracy. Our ultimate goal in each and every show we do, lock him up. Quick update on yesterday's breaking news that Judge Tanya Chutkin scheduled the Orange Hemorrhoids D.C. trial for March the 4th, the day before Super Tuesday, wherein 15 states vote, including California and Texas. Trump immediately went on his anti-social media site and proclaimed, quote, election interference. Today, a biased Trump-painting judge gave me only a two-month extension, just what our corrupt government wanted, Super Tuesday. I will appeal, end quote. But as former federal prosecutor Renato Mariota pointed out and several others, 
a judge's scheduling order is not subject to appeal. Trump either doesn't know, doesn't care, either way, he's just throwing more red meat out to fire up his brain-dead base and incite more violence. So, after yesterday's show, I received two questions. Actually, one question, one request. One, that I would address the latest mass shooting, and two, why I was gushing over Nikki Haley. We'll do Nikki Haley later if we have time. For now, we will address the too many instances of this country being treated to heart-wrenching demonstrations of Second Amendment freedoms. I have been on the air for a goodly number of years, folks, and I have covered my fair share of mass shootings. The one that got to me the most was the 2010 shooting at the Sandy Hook Elementary School in Newtown, Connecticut, where in 20 children, children, six and seven years old, children had their little bodies literally ripped apart to shreds by 20-year-old Adam Lanza and his trusty Bushmaster XM-15-E2S rifle, more commonly known as an AR-15, also commonly known as a weapon of war or an assault rifle. And when nothing was done to honor those precious little children who had their lives ripped from them before they even got started, and other mass shootings that followed with no response, I was even more furious and frustrated than usual after having done so many shows on mass shootings and repeating the same truths over and over, only to never see them bear any fruit. And shame on us for the pitiful position we, in which we now find ourselves as it pertains to the insane gun culture in this country. But I've always thought, if there's a chance you can change even one person's mindset, you gotta try. And so, because I was asked, I will try addressing mass shootings in general one more time and watch as nothing happens as a result one more time, but hopefully change at least one mind in the process. And I would like to think, and I dare say, this will be the most comprehensive dissertation on the demented gun culture in this country you have heard to date. And it's not because I'm a rocket science scientist, it's because I do more research for a radio show, I would venture to say, than any other host in this country. And I will end it with something you've not heard anywhere else, unless you heard it on this show a few years back on another station right after I created it and played it for the first time. It's one of many what I call Basham Radio Masterpieces. So now that I've made a bold prediction, let me stand and deliver while some of you stand back and stand by. People on the right like to play silly semantics games and say, we're a democracy, we're not a democracy, we're a republic. You know, even though in the 30-odd years the disgusting Limbaugh aberration poisoned and stained the radio airwaves, not one of them ever called him and chastised him for calling himself the doctor of democracy. Silly semantics games like that are merely a distraction utilized by cowards or imbeciles who lack the mental acuity to debate an issue intelligently. 
something else the right likes to say. A democracy is mob rule. It's tyranny. Do we want thousands of people in California deciding what our laws are? To which I always respond, no, I'd rather have 17 people in Wyoming make those decisions. When these right-wing nuts disparage what they call tyranny of the mob or mob rule, what they're really advocating and never verbalize and perhaps don't even understand is what they're actually championing and promoting is tyranny of the minority. Can anyone tell me why tyranny of the minority is better than tyranny of the majority? It makes no sense. Now, this plays off of something I said just yesterday. Today's QOP fully understands that their policies are not supported by a majority of Americans. And because they know they can't win in a free and fair election, they are more than willing to defend and champion Donald Trump's authoritarian, dictatorial inclinations. And what's this got to do with gun laws? A majority of Americans support common-sense gun laws, and that includes a majority of NRA members. I have my own list of laws I'd like to see implemented. Licensing for ownership of any firearm. Mandatory liability insurance per gun. Minimum of 21 years of age to purchase a gun. Mandatory annual safety and skills training and testing. Mandatory annual mental health evaluation. Conceal carry only with a permit. No high-capacity mags and thorough background check with red flags applied. And that includes any participation in any militia that has been vetted by the ATF and the FBI. And finally, a complete and total ban on assault rifles and weapons of war. After Bill Clinton banned assault weapons in 1994, mass shooting deaths dropped by 43%. When the Republican Congress allowed the ban to expire in 2004, they went up by more than 290%. Bottom line, you want the capacity to kill people? Fine, but it's going to cost you. But here's the rub. Even though we real-world dwellers are in the majority, we are held hostage by the tyranny of the minority. I've got a couple stories I want to share with you. Now, full disclosure, this is the result of some copious research I did a few years ago, and I have not updated it of late. But I think you'll get the gist, and I suspect the numbers haven't changed measurably, if at all. Back in 1996, both Australia and Great Britain experienced horrific mass shootings. Australia lost 35 people in one shooting, Britain lost 17 in another. In the immediate aftermath, neither country said, well, it's too soon to talk about gun control. Instead, both countries implemented common-sense gun laws. And if you add Canada to that list, since 1996, those three countries combined have had a grand total of 10 mass shootings with 52 dead. 10 mass shootings in 27 years, 52 dead. We lost 58 here in Las Vegas in a matter of minutes and thus far have done virtually nothing. Australia first. The shooter's name was Martin Bryant. Ironically, Bryant was born in Newtown, not Connecticut, but rather Newtown, Australia. 
One day in April 1996, Bryant, then 29 years old, left his home with a with a 30 caliber handgun, a 12-gauge shotgun, an AR-10 semi-automatic rifle, and, wait for it, an AR-15. He drove to a popular tourist spot in Port Arthur, went into a cafe, and in less than 30 seconds, shot and killed 12 people and wounded 10 others. He then went into a gift shop and killed six more people. Total time lapse, less than two minutes, 20 dead. Before he was finished, he had shot and killed 35 people and wounded 24. Australia did not respond by saying, it's too soon to talk about gun legislation. Just 12 days after these horrific murders and the public outcry it launched, Australia's government responded. But in 1996, their government responded by announcing a bipartisan deal to enact gun control measures. All states subscribed to what they called the National Firearms Agreement. They implemented a ban on all semi-automatic rifles, all semi-automatic and pump-action shotguns, and a restrictive system of licensing and ownership controls. Other changes included a 10-round magazine capacity and a caliber limit on handguns. Since these laws were passed 27 years ago, there has not been one mass shooting in Australia, and overall gun violence has decreased by 50%. Suicides by firearms fell significantly as well, dropping 50% in just two years. Now that is the action of an exceptional nation. Are Australians still allowed to use guns, use to own guns? Yes, they are. Bottom line, one new town-related mass shooting involving an AR-15 weapon of war, Australia said enough. But after another new town-related mass shooting in this country, in Connecticut, and another AR-15 weapon of war, this country did nothing. Now let's go back to one month before the Port Arthur, Australia massacre, still in 1996, this time the United Kingdom, Stirling, Scotland. On Wednesday, March 13th, again, 1996, Thomas Hamilton left his home and drove five miles to the Dunblane Primary School with two rifles and four handguns. He entered the school, and before he took his own life, and in a time span of between three or three and four minutes, he shot and killed 16 children and one teacher. After this Dunblane massacre, Britain did not respond by saying, it's too soon to talk about gun legislation. The then conservative government of John Major introduced the Firearms Amendment Act of 1997. And following the 1997 general election, the Labor government of Tony Blair introduced the Firearms Amendment Act Number no. 2 of 1997. The United Kingdom is one of the lowest rates of gun homicide in the world. Are the British still allowed to own guns? Yes, they are. But they have 50 to 60 gun deaths per year in Britain, while we have approximately 100 per day. Bottom line, 16 children shot to death in the school in the United Kingdom. Great Britain said, enough. 
But another school massacre in which 20 children aged 6 and 7 plus 7 adults were killed in one day in Newtown, Connecticut, this country did nothing. Consider this. If the problem is too many gangs on the street, who in their right mind says the solution is more gangs? If the problem is too many drugs on the street, no one but a certified idiot says the solution is more drugs. But when the problem is clearly and incontrovertibly too many damn guns on the street, only here in America is the solution more guns. More guns will make us safer. Really? We have more guns in this country than people. If more guns made us safer, we'd already be the safest country in the world with the least amount of mass shootings. But we're not. Not by a long shot. And while I have grown weary of debunking all the pathetic and pitiable excuses the rabid right comes up with to thwart the passage of any common-sense gun laws, I am only too happy to once again destroy them all one by one. You're welcome. First, the Second Amendment, which I would remind you begins with these four words, quote, a well-regulated militia, end quote. Number one, you're not a militia, so you're getting a pass on that. Number two, the Second Amendment was written when the only weapon available was a single-shot musket, and you were allowed to have a grand total of one gun. If the founders wanted those guns to be regulated, what do you think they'd say about today's weapons of war, which they never could have envisioned? And number three, I would urge you to recall the words of the former conservative chief justice of the Supreme Court, Warren Burger, who was nominated by a Republican president, Richard Nixon. Prior to that, he was Republican president Dwight Eisenhower, assistant attorney general. This is what he said back in 1991, 32 years ago. If I were writing the Bill of Rights now, there wouldn't be any such thing as the Second Amendment. That uh, a well-regulated militia being necessary for the defense of the state, the people's rights to bear arms. This has been the subject of one of the greatest pieces of fraud, I repeat the word fraud, on the American public by special interest groups that I have ever seen in my lifetime. Now just look at those words. There are only three lines to that amendment. A well-regulated militia if the militia, which was going to be the state army, was going to be well-regulated, why shouldn't 16 and 17 and 18 or any other age persons be regulated in the use of arms the way an automobile is regulated? The gun lo- Did you catch that? The gun lobby's interpretation of the Second Amendment is one of the greatest pieces of fraud on the American people by special interest groups that I have ever seen in my lifetime. And that was from a conservative chief justice of the Supreme Court. And most legitimate scholars of the period and today, those who consider the social and political context of the constitutional era, say the Second Amendment was never meant to protect an individual's rights to a gun. The well-regulated militia referred to a citizen army composed of men trained and prepared to act together in coordination for common defense. The overwhelming focus of debate whether guns were invoked or whenever guns were invoked 
was about military. It wasn't about hunting, and it wasn't about self-defense. In short, the Second Amendment's intent has been historically misinterpreted. And remember this, no constitutional right is absolute. Try yelling fire in a theater or bomb in an airport. If you want to go by the letter of the Constitution, fine, we'll let you have a single-shot musket. That is, if we give you an unwarranted pass on the militia bit, too. And does anyone know how long the NRA has been telling Americans that Democrats are going to take their guns away? It started in 1975. In the years since, the number of guns in America has gone from 95 million to 400 million. Bottom line, the NRA has been selling a lie. Why? In order to sell more guns. Number two, guns aren't the problem, people are the problem. Okay, so why exactly would we want the problem to be armed with a weapon of war? Similarly, shovels don't dig holes, people do. But answer me this, how many holes are you going to dig without a shovel, huh? Number three, arm the teachers, which has led to just dumbass stupid comments like this from the equally stupid orangeback gorilla. The teacher would have shot the hell out of him before he knew what happened. <laughs> Absolute insanity and gold-plated stupidity. And all these good guy with a gun stopping a bad guy with an AR-15 fantasy war games you right-wing nuts envision that you see in movies seldom equate with reality and real-time crises. Like Trump, who had the shameless audacity to proclaim he would run into a school in the middle of a shooting even without a gun... Many of these people have never seen combat and would pee their pants if they ever had to face someone who had an assault weapon, or any gun for that matter. Even when a trained SWAT team shows up on the scene of a shooting, they don't immediately rush into the building. They assess what's going on and try to learn exactly what they're confronting. For all they know, there may be multiple shooters. Perhaps one of them has hostages. Maybe one of them has a bomb that would take out half a wing of a school, killing hundreds. And yet, and yet, you're expecting someone whose main job is to teach to immediately become all okay corral and start running towards gunshots, not knowing how many shooters there are or what kind of weaponry they have? Really? We've heard of police, police officers who have trained for years who were reluctant to rush into a building while a mass shooting is underway. And again, you're expecting a teacher who trains for, what, a few weeks? A few weeks? They're going to suddenly become Wyatt Earp, go all tombstone, and take out a shooter or shooters? Really? How stupid do you have to be to buy into this arm the teacher's crap? Shannon Watts is one of the country's most influential gun safety activists. The day after the Sandy Hook shooting, she started what would become the group Moms Defend Action on her Facebook page. It grew into a grassroots movement after volunteers contacted Watts about forming Moms Dem Demand Action chapters in their own communities. Moms Demand Action now has chapters in every state and millions of supporters nationwide. 
For over eight years, Moms Demand Action volunteers have stopped the NRA's priority legislation in state houses more than 90% of the time. And they have helped pass hundreds of gun safety laws across the country, changed corporate policies, and educated Americans about secure gun storage. And get this, in the recent 2022 election, 140 Moms Demand Action volunteers were elected to public office. Nicely done, Shannon Watts. In, in terms of arming teachers, this is the most asinine, morally bankrupt idea in the history of ideas. Even police who are highly trained are able to shoot a moving target less than 30% of the time. And we are somehow going to turn teachers into sharpshooters. It's so bizarre. I can't even believe we're discussing it. I know, huh? Asinine and morally bankrupt. Unless, of course, you're seven. And speaking of which... The teacher would have shot the hell out of him before he knew what happened. Yes, Donald Trump is asinine and morally bankrupt in human form. And what do I always say? Those who support Trump are just as bad as he is. And judging by that response to that naive, childish, simplistic, and frankly stupid remark, we now know they're just as stupid as he is as well. I mean, for God's sake, Ronald Reagan was surrounded by armed Secret Service agents when he was shot. Gee, if only there'd been an armed math teacher there to protect him. Chris Kyle, the American sniper, was the most prolific marksman this nation has ever seen. He was literally holding a gun in his hands when he was shot and killed. So, we have to train our teachers to not only be better than our cops, but also better than our most skilled and proficient military sniper? Here's Mark Barton, who lost his son at the Sandy Hook shooting, talking about his wife, who's a teacher. And my heart absolutely breaks for the families of Parkland. Um, I have a sense of what you are going through now. This is my son, Daniel. He was seven years old when he was shot to death in his first grade classroom in Sandy Hook Elementary School. My wife, Jackie, could not be here today because she's a school teacher and she takes that job seriously and sent me as the ambassador. Jackie is a career educator and she will tell you she has spent over a decade in the Bronx. And she will tell you that school teachers have more than enough responsibilities right now than to have to have the awesome responsibility of lethal force to take a life. And he's absolutely right. Public school teachers are already educators, mentors, therapists, babysitters, writers, editors, and motivational speakers. They have enough jobs. They wear enough hats. We cannot force them to become soldiers, too. And I have read countless statements from educators on social media who state quite clearly that they would quit the profession they love if they were forced to carry guns in school, which suits the QOP just fine. The biggest danger they face is an educated populace that lives outside the right-wing propaganda, hate media, bubble, and echo chamber and patronizes reliable sources for their news and not state-run propaganda entities. This whole idea of arming the teachers is just another example of what's become too common in this country, a reactive response to the problem being 
too many damn guns in the country. What this country needs is a proactive response, as in lesser guns in this country. Here's Broward County Sheriff Scott Israel after the Parkland, Florida shooting at the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. But at the end of the day, the rights of our children must be first and foremost. We need to protect our kids. Our kids go to uh, places like schools and libraries with book bags and pencils. And we need to do what's in the best interest of our children. And lawmakers got to change the way they do things. The same old, same old just ain't working. We need less guns in America, not more guns in America. You know, I, I feel strongly about that. And uh, everybody has their opinion, but, yeah. but I have mine. And I don't know how many people with their opinions went into a school yesterday and saw 17 dead people. So how about a QOP? You're going to back the blue now? Didn't think so. What a complete joke you are. Number four, it's too soon to talk about gun policy, which, of course, gun nuts say in the immediate aftermath of any shooting, unless, of course, a black man is the shooter. That is both a crock and a dodge, and would only have credibility if the right ever took up the conversation at a later point. But they never do. They don't want to talk about it, nor do they want any changes. They just wait for the shooting to fade from the headlines, and it's back to business as usual. You know, Hunter Biden. My response to that is, okay, if it's too soon to talk about this shooting, can we talk about the shooting before this one, or the one before that? And if you want a shorter response, you could just say, really, it's too soon to talk about Sandy Hook? That happened 11 years ago. Or how about Columbine? Can we discuss it? That happened 24 years ago. And of course, an offshoot of this, it's too soon excuse, is the accusation that Democrats are politicizing the issue. Here's the Canadian senator from Texas, Rafael Eduardo Cruz. He calls himself Ted so he doesn't sound too Mexican-y. Well, look, of course you're right that the reaction of Democrats to any tragedy is to try to politicize it. So they immediately start start calling that we've got to take away the Second Amendment rights of law-abiding citizens. That's, that's not the right answer. And, of course, he's lying. Why? A, because he's a liar and a proven one. B, he's a Republican. That's what they do. And seriously, how can you believe anything the son of the man who killed JFK says? As for liberals politicizing a mass shooting, you're damn right I'm going to politicize them. Because the reason these mass shootings keep happening is politics. In fact, it's nothing but politics. Sorry for using dead children to advance my controversial political agenda, agenda of wanting fewer dead children. <clears throat> And isn't it ironic slash hypocritical? The NRA protests waiting periods to buy guns, but after a mass shooting, they demand a waiting period before we can even discuss the shooting. And what's also ironic is that mass shootings are one of the few crimes whereupon you don't have to search for a smoking gun. The smoking gun is the smoking gun. And yet no one says, aha, we finally have the smoking gun. Let's do something about this issue. Instead, oh, it's too soon to talk about it. I'll tell you who doesn't think the immediate aftermath of a mass shooting is too soon to talk about gun control. The people who were either at the shooting and survived and their family members and friends or the family members and friends of those who were killed. 
And here's the 800-pound elephant in the middle of the room. This is not a school shooting issue. This is a societal issue. A teacher with a gun wouldn't have saved those who were shot here in Las Vegas at a concert. A teacher with a gun wouldn't have saved those at Pulse in Orlando, a nightclub. A teacher with a gun wouldn't have saved those who were shot at Sutherland Springs in a church or those in Aurora in a theater or Trayvon Martin in a neighborhood or, or former Democratic Congresswoman Gabby Giffords in a parking lot, etc., etc., etc. So arming teachers isn't only a stupid and dangerous idea, it doesn't even come close to addressing the overall issue that there's too many damn guns on the street. Then-Governor of New York, Andrew Cuomo, made the same point right after he made an equally salient point. Even the definition of the issue is absurd. And what this administration is very good at doing is uh, they define the issue in such absurd terms, and then we engage on that absurd level. The problem is uh, school safety, so we should arm teachers. And then we get into a discussion of how absurd that concept is, arming teachers. I'm not going to fall for the trap. They misdefine the problem. The problem is not school shootings. The problem is school shootings and shootings in malls and shootings in, in nightclubs and shootings in concert halls. It is a societal problem. Yep. Great minds, Andrew. Great minds. Number five, people use cars to kill people. Should we ban cars too? The answer is for you, yes. You should not have a gun or a car, and you should never be allowed to vote or procreate either. Cars are not made for the sole purpose of killing as many people as possible in the shortest amount of time. Secondly, driving a car is heavily regulated. You have to take tests, both written and driving. You have to have a license. You have to renew that license periodically. You have to have good eyesight, which is also checked periodically. You also have to have your car checked every year. You also have to have insurance. You have to drive at certain speeds. You have to wear a seatbelt. Mucho regulations. And nobody says squat. But when it comes to gun regulation, they scream like stuck friggin' pigs. If you suggest even common sense regulations, just one, that have worked in every country that's implemented them. Why? Because these people who claim to love their country don't. Worse still, they don't trust it and somehow think their puny gun collection will protect them from it. Number six, it's not a gun problem, it's a mental illness problem. Hello, every one of our peer nations have people who suffer from mental illness. What they don't have are mass shootings. Mass shootings are an American thing. And I used to say mental illness is not germane to America. But then after millions of them elected Trump and now still support him, I may have to rethink that theory. We now hear from Nicole Hockley, who lost her son in the Sandy Hook shooting. She attended what Trump called his listening session after the Parkland shooting. Remember that? That was a time when Trump had to be given notes that advised him what to say. Meanwhile, an erstwhile photographer took a photo of his notes. One piece of advice that his notes contained was, quote, I hear you, end quote. Not surprising, as Trump likes to hear himself talk 
far more than he likes to hear anyone else speak. And guess what he promoted at this listening session? Yep, arming teachers. This is Nicole Hockley, and she offered this very salient and conveniently forgotten point. One point on the mental health um, issue, and I think it's important to note that someone with a, a mental illness is highly unlikely to ever commit an act of violence. It's a very, very small percentage. What we're really dealing here is, a, is more with a lack of mental wellness. This is around anger and fear. And that's, that's not something that you can diagnose and put in mental health hospitals. This is more about funding for mental health services. And she's right. The best numbers and best statistics suggest that no more than 4 or 5% of mass shooters are mentally ill, as defined by criteria in the Diagnostic and Statistic Statistical Manual of Professional Psychologist Handbook, also known as the DSM-V. So it would appear writing mass shootings off as nothing but a mental illness problem is just another lazy and simplistic distraction to avoid discussing the real problem, too many guns. And I gotta admit, I've been guilty of that myself, albeit not for the aforementioned reasons. Number seven, and I'm gonna lump these next ones together. The problem is bad parents, single parents, violent video games and movies, psychotropic drugs, not enough God in the country. Every civilized, westernized, industrialized nation has their fair share of these problems. All of them. What they do not have are mass shootings. Number eight, only the bad guys will have guns. And yet every other country that has implemented these common sense gun laws prove this excuse to be the fallacy it is. Why? Because they still have bad guys, one would assume, but they don't have mass shootings. So it appears at some point, and it doesn't happen overnight, the bad guys don't have guns. Number nine, what law would have prevented this shooting? When someone asked this question, my stock response is the same laws that were passed in Canada, Great Britain, Australia, Israel, and Japan. And by the way, this response works for pretty much all the rights excuses. If you pass gun control laws, only the bad guys will have guns, except in the aforementioned countries that have implemented common sense gun laws. Well, gun laws won't prevent mass shootings, except in the aforementioned countries that have implemented common sense gun laws. See how that works? And if they say, what about my rights? My response has always been, your rights don't supersede the rights of six and seven-year-olds or teenagers in high school or anybody's right to live. Now, having said all that, I would like to conclude my dissertation on our deranged gun culture with a collage slash medley I put together a few years back. And yes, it was inspired by yet another mass shooting. And at this point, I don't even remember which mass shooting it was. Now, this collage, which features some incredible singers, is based on one particular song, which was originally an anti-war song. But it works just as well for mass shootings, because when you think about it, war was the original mass shooting. And you folks might have to excuse me. This took me a while to put together, and it invokes a somewhat emotional response every single time I hear it. Pardon me while I grab some tissues. Oh, I like guns. I like the way they look. I 
I like the shiny steel and the polished wood. I don't care if they're big or small. They're for sale. Hell, I want them all. I like guns. I like guns. I like guns. it folks that's all i got for today so maybe you'd like to call in 221-7283 is the number you need to dial if you'd like to do that and i'd appreciate it if you would that's area code 702-221-SAVE justin who have we got on the phone hello J.D., 
Hello, Doug. Yes, JD. You, you gotta you gotta wait for your song to end before you start. Talking. All right, forget the song. This is a serious topic, and it's a serious show. And I commend you to talk for talking about it. Well, thank you. And I, I hope you continue it tomorrow because I think you need to have some more talk about this. Uh, this is a problem that has been proven. Politicians have not been able and will not be able to solve. Ever since Columbine, this has been building and building and building. And I would have thunk in the last five, ten years that a president of this country or someone with a lot of respect in this country would have called for a commission, not politicians. I'm talking about a commission put together of ex-police commissioners, uh, Kelly of New York and others in L.A., school officials, security guards from stadiums, security guards from the Secret Service, and security guards that guard celebrities, and put them in a room and put them on an island, give them all kinds of perks, put them on an island for 30 days, bring in representatives of the NRA, bring in representatives of John Lott's Association, who uh, uh, has a thing on guns, and bring in all the players that have the knowledge to come up with solutions to these problems like they have done with stadiums. You don't see any shootings at the Super Bowl or at football stadiums or baseball stadiums. So bring all of these people together, forget the D.C. senators and congressmen, and lock them up for 30 days. And let them argue about the benefits and the ups and the downs and of uh, of what would happen if we implement new security procedures in the malls, in the state, in the uh, schools, etc. And whether it's armed visual security like they have at these stadiums, in the schools, and what have you, uh, this has to stop. This in this country, we cannot have this happening in our schools and our malls. And these men and women that are locked in this room better come up with a damn good solution. And that, I believe, is the only way it's going to be done, because the politicians in Washington are just going to be pissing at in the wind. J.D., I think this is probably the best phone call you have ever made to me, and I commend you back, sir. Thank you. (laughs) Oh, no. Should we hug now? I, I feel a hug no, coming. We'll save that. No, we'll I'll, save I'll, that for the we'll save that for the afterlife. Afterlife. I have a joke. It's a uh, your serious topic, but I have a joke, and maybe it, it, it's in poor taste, but I think it's funny. <laughs> I miss. I, I really miss else. my ex-wife. I really miss my ex-wife, Doug. But my aim is getting better. Oh, jeez. JD will be here all week. Do not forget your waitress. Thanks for the call, JD. That was a good one. Appreciate it. 221-7283 is our call-in number at the station, folks. 702-221-7283. And again, I thought that was an excellent phone call, but J.D. lost me a little bit at the end when he started talking about more armed security. The problem isn't a lack of security. The problem is there's too many damn guns. And you don't need to stick them on an island for 30 days. Just get the common sense gun laws that have been implemented in Canada, Great Britain, Australia, Israel, and Japan. Let them read them. Let them look at the results and say, well, that's all you got to do. J.D.'s great call, but his solution, again, was reactive and not proactive. I want to be proactive. 
But again, that was probably the best chat JD and I have ever had. I appreciate it. Two two one seven two eight three is the number. Who's next? And everybody knew you didn't give no lip to Big John. Proud liberal Democrat. Big John. Big John. Big Bad John. Proud liberal Democrat. Big John. Big Bad John, you're next. Thanks for calling. Hey, Doug. I uh, I can't talk long. I've got to head off to the emergency room. I uh, I fell off the chair and I slammed my head on the corner of the desk. Uh, I couldn't believe that was was that JD? Holy crap! Maybe he does have more than three teeth. I'll tell you, he impressed the hell out of me. I didn't like his yeah, end, he... end solution, but he was passionate. He was articulate, and there wasn't a whole lot I disagreed with him on, which is unusual. Uh, yeah, bravo, JD. Uh, I agree with uh, I agree with what you said. The, the only thing I would add to this is, uh, you know, uh, I'm a proud liberal Democrat. Uh, I support uh, gun regulation. But here's the key. I don't want to take away all your guns. I don't. I want If you want to have a gun to go hunting, I'm from Pennsylvania, man. Deer hunting, the opening day of deer hunting season is the, one of the holiest days on the calendar. Uh, there were guns all around Pittsburgh where I grew up. Uh, and I had friends that were huge hunters and, you know, you'd go play basketball one night at the local, uh, local, uh, high school and you come out and some guy would have a deer strapped to his truck. Um, nobody wants to take away all your guns. Yes. Go, go to a gun store for, for craps and giggles, go to a gun store. You will be blown away. It is all military-grade assault weapons. There, I, I went to a guy. I'd never been to a gun store before. Like five years ago, I went to a gun store thinking, you know, it'd be some handguns and some, you know, some long, uh, some long guns, right. shotguns. It's all, it's all video games. It's all assault. It's all massive warfare. And I heard a statistic uh, yesterday. You know the number of burglaries that were stopped by people using. These uh, these assault rifles. Uh-uh. Take a guess. Last year, how many, Doug? Two hundred. Four. What? One, two, three, four. So all this mismatch, <laughs> this lying, this fraud, this you know, this oh my god, you need it to protect your house. It's it's up for for home invasions. It's it's a joke, and, and more than four people get killed all the time. More than fifty. What is it? Sixty-one people died in Las Vegas from this. 58. It's time for gun reform. Nobody wants to take away all your guns. You know, Probably. and that you know, John, you hit the nail. You hit the nail on the head. The reason we are unable to have an intelligent conversation with regards to common sense gun laws is because everybody on the right has been brainwashed for not years but decades. The liberals are coming for your guns. Meanwhile, the number of guns has gone from what? 90 million to 400 million. We're not doing that good a job taking their guns. Maybe they should knock off that talking point slash lie and come to the table. They know it. They know it. It's just like, like everything else in Republican MAGA country. They know they're full of crap, but they're just going to keep repeating it over and over and over again. I hear you, John. It's a sad state of affairs, ain't it? Yes, it is. Hey, I appreciate your call, buddy. Justin's playing the music. I got to run. Folks, that's it. We are out of time. Pushing the Limits with Brian Shapiro is next. I'm Doug Basham, and I'll tell you what, we'll do this all over again tomorrow, hopefully with you. Until then, take care.